0: Love, talk, radio. Hi, this is Rob Thrasher with Cyber Village Spotlight. Cyber Village Spotlight is sponsored by Life and Homes magazine. Life and Homes magazine at lifeandhomes.com will be coming to a town near you very soon as they ramp up for their franchise mode, which is coming in February of 2010. The primary focus of Cyber Village Spotlight is to analyze success in its various forms. We analyze successful entrepreneurs slash real estate agents. We look at even high school football players who've encountered some degree of success. We talk to and analyze authors who of course are also in a way entrepreneurs. And ultimately it's really just about self promoters. A lot of times people think of entrepreneur and then they think of business people. But the reality of it is is that you, you have anybody who has to self promote is an entrepreneur and a self marketer. And they all tend to have similar qualities whether it's personal qualities, business qualities, or just the way that they market themselves and get the word out. Some of the things these people have in common is that they just are completely and totally driven. They have the ability to think out of the box, which seems to be one of the biggest factors for their success, and they know where they're headed five years from now. They typically have a plan or a strategy in place, whether it's a formal written business plan, which it isn't a lot of times. People recommend that it should be, but it seems as though the people who get to their goals are constantly rewriting them and evolving with the current business climate or whatever the customer base or their readership or what have you their clients are demanding it requires quick change and the ability to evolve your company and your strategy and i think that's the biggest thing is the ability of these people to evolve and alter their strategy as they go so thanks everybody for tuning in and now we'll get started with the show Okay, mental note, the intro needs a little work, according to one of the listeners, Gary, over here. Um, <laughs> that was uh, that was the intro that I'm working on. It's a little lengthy, I think, and still yet a little bit fuzzy, so we're going to be working on that. Um, we're supposed to be having somebody call in to co-host today. Uh, we're still waiting on him. We're going to talk about search engine marketing and just general Internet marketing today. Um if you uh, if you recall, or if you didn't listen to the show, we had a gentleman on uh, a couple couple shows ago by the name of Ryan Yizak, and he was explaining to me how he went through the whole process of marketing his YouTube video. And I actually mistakenly, at first, I thought that most of the people who do market YouTube videos are marketing them using YouTube like as the platform for marketing. And turns out that's actually not the case. Um, as a matter of fact. Ryan used as much old-fashioned marketing as he did anything else. He, um, he went out, he did press releases, he got on the old-fashioned telephone, <laughs> which you had to do back before the days before you had the Internet and online marketing. And he really used a lot of old-fashioned marketing strategies to um, you know, market the video. As a matter of fact, the video itself, YouTube was really more of uh, the production portal and a way to get it online even more so than it was for him to to market it. So it was like YouTube was the platform, and old-fashioned marketing strategies was the actual um, way that he made it go viral. So he actually made it go viral in the real marketing world, which I thought was a really cool spin on that whole thing. I mean, this is a video that when I had talked to him first, he was looking at, you know, we were asking him when he thought it would go over 2 million views. He was up to something like 1.8 or 1.9 million views. And um, so turns out I just checked on it a few minutes ago, and he's up to 2.8 million views on his video. And once again, this is not an Internet viral thing. This was – I mean, it's a combination, don't get me wrong. So what he did was he went out, he did a bunch of press releases, and the viral part of it came in where it was some overseas, I think it was a a Chinese company that had access to an Internet portal, and and that was how it kind of all – took off for him. So first and foremost, it was phone calls and getting the word out. And then secondarily, it was somebody who used the Internet that they had access to, which actually brought in more views than the inherentness of uh, being on YouTube, which I thought was kind of cool. So one of the things we're going to talk about, so phase one kind of in the whole search engine marketing, search engine optimization sort of um, arena is – There's a couple of really key factors that just like if you have a business and you don't have a plan, there's a couple of key things you have to do before you do your search engine marketing plan. And one of those is the key phrase strategy that you produce. It's critical that before you go out and say, you know, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, let's search optimize all your page, it'll take me a few hours and and then I'll be done and you'll get all this more traffic, they're, they're not telling you, Really, they're not telling you most of the truth in the actuality because most of the hard work that's done is done in the preparation for doing the search optimization. First of all, optimization in itself is really not a strategy because um, you could optimize your page, but it's like saying, you know, you're gonna tune a car, but if somebody doesn't say to the mechanic what the specs are for the tuning, the measurement part of it, it's what are you gonna tune it to? In other words. So if somebody says we're going to search, optimize your website, drive all this traffic, your question, first question has to be, well, what's the strategy to get to that point? What are we going to do? What key phrases are we going to shoot for and why? A lot of times you might be surprised. People, people don't even own their own names in the search engine. So cl- clearly your name, your product names, anything with the word name in it is something that you want to go for. So if your XYZ Widgets incorporated, and you go into Google and you search for XYZ Widgets Incorporated and you don't see your own company in there, well, you might have a problem. Uh, you do have a problem, let's put it that way. Um, so so you have to – one of the strategies, one of three really, um, is your name strategy. And if you don't own your name, there's a ton of stuff you can do. How about for starters, if you don't come up with your own name, especially if that's combined with like a geographical location, XYZ Widgets Incorporated in Miami, Florida, let's say um, if you don't even know name combined with the G.O. Uh, and you should be in the top ten with just the name. Uh, I mean, unless it's a really common name Something a single word that you would you know, look up in the dictionary and have 50 synonyms for it and, and the, uh, Thesaurus, you know, but, but if you have a fairly, you know, you know, let's take XYZ Widgets Incorporated If you own that there's a pretty good chance You should be coming up in the top ten even if you don't come up and Google the local directory Remember one thing, too, kind of irony here, is that when you're doing um, the search engine marketing, you're actually competing with somebody who could help you a lot, and that's the Google local directory. When you do a search for things, if you include geo geo searches, such as Miami, Florida, I don't know why I'm using that. We'll use that for now. But let's say you do a search for something and you include the term Miami, Florida. One of the search results in the natural search, which is the non-paid part of it, That's the part that Google thinks is relevant. One of those results is likely going to be the Google local directory. So in a way, you're competing to be in the natural search. But if you're not in the Google local directory, and again, being in there is one thing. Being in there with your key phrases is another thing altogether. So if you're not in the Google local directory, that's bad. If you are in the Google local directory, but you don't use – people insist on the name, and that's fine. You use your company name. But you can always squeeze in some descriptive phrase within the Google Local Directory. A lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that you actually have control over, by and large, you have control over the Google Local Directory. You go if you go into Google and you click on the More button, one of those things will say Google Local Directory. Or if you search for a company in an area, you'll see options to add yourself to the Google Local Directory, or If you do a search and you are in there, there's another option that comes up where you can edit the listing. So if you see it, you see your name or you see maybe the address is slightly off, sometimes the little bubbles on the Google map will be off by a little bit and you need to adjust it. There's all kinds of verification things that they have to do, but um, when you do your submittal, there are some protection factors. For instance, whatever number is put onto the listing, um, they're going to do an automated callback to that number. So What you want to do, again, first and foremost, do your key phrase strategy. We kind of went into Google local directory, which is good to be in, but don't just go put yourself anywhere, including Google local directory, without first doing your research and doing your key phrase studies. So let's talk a little bit more about that and how you go about selecting key phrases for this. Again, your name is a no-brainer, names of products. Sometimes you use a two-pronged attack with the products, you pick a product that, you might own as like a trademark or rather you have a a name of it that you have you know registered Um, you definitely want to own those and and there's other legal issues you can go into if somebody owns your registered trademark or what have you but we'll forget about the legal side now and just talk about google because it is possible that somebody goes in and and gets ranked with your business or your proprietary information we'll just ignore that for now so what we're going to do is we're going to say number one you look at your name um and Most importantly, your name combined with some sort of geography. So let's say, for instance, you're already in um, the Google Local Directory, and you're in there with the right key phrases, which we haven't selected yet. People search for your name and the city you're in, and it comes up in Google Local Directory. But now what if somebody searches Google Local Directory for, maybe they don't know the full name of your company, but they're looking for a widget company in Miami, Florida, and they don't put your name in there. You want to make sure that in this case the word widgets in the name but let's say they were called smidgets (laughs) so it's XYZ widgets incorporated and a smidget is one of the widgets but you're not in there for XYZ smidgets you need those two phrases you need those phrases in your description in your title if you can the title is the single most important thing when it comes to all this web marketing stuff the title and then a combination of the title of your pages And and the content of the page and the way you name your images and all that sort of stuff, the alt tags, not so much, but still important on some level. So the, the most important thing of all is that the title and the content and everything that you use to name a page or name your site have some matching degree. So that your key phrase in the title that you're trying to shoot for on that page is also in all the other descriptions and links and links to the page, which is most critical in Google. We'll talk about that a little later. Sometimes you can't control how people link to you, but there are ways that you can take charge of that. We can talk about that later. The key thing is you stick to your key phrase strategy. So what you do is we're going to select three three basic strategies. One we already discussed that was naming conventions, whether it's name your company, city, state type of thing. Um, The second is obviously descriptive phrases, but now what people tend to do with descriptive phrases Um, So let's say I'm a used car company in upstate New York. Um, I'm a geographic location that they call the Mohawk Valley. The descriptive phrase would then be, and it's not necessarily geo, because in Google, Google goes by pretty strict address, city, state type of stuff. So the Google natural search would combine something with the word, say, Mohawk Valley. I actually have an example because this is one of the phrases I've worked on for a little while. And so if you were to go into Google and you were to do a search for, Mohawk Valley used cars, or even a little more um, slightly different than that if you just used Mohawk Valley cars, which is nicer because it's the, the shorter you can get, the better you are, obviously. That's why all the short domain names are gone, right? So if you were to actually go into Google and do that search, which I've done here. And, and uh, another factor to keep in mind is that when you do a Google search, there, there is a geographical twist to it, especially if you're logged into Google. If you're logged in, Google knows where you are. If you're not logged in, Google still kind of knows where you are because of the IP addresses and, and other kinds of intelligence that Google has. So there is a there is a factor of, of geography, and there's different databases Google maintains. I don't know the, the new number. It's in the dozens of different um, data sources. And so depending on what, what you hit and when you do it, all these results will be slightly different, sometimes a lot different, but usually it's pretty darn close. The 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 more you really this is one way you can tell how well you do own the phrase, how, how well Google thinks you do, is there's ways to search these different data sources and see if you pretty much own that phrase outright, then all the data sources you hit with Google it'll kinda say the same thing. And it's really just I think it's the way they, they protect their intelligence is to to have different different things based on time and geography so that nobody can really nail down their exact formula um, because that's what people try to do constantly. So if you were to do that search for, let's say, Mohawk Valley Cars, and that's Mohawk and the word Valley, V-A-L-L-E-Y, and then the word Cars with Spaces, Um, one of the things that you're going to see is it tells you the results, and then it tells you out of how many actual sites Google thinks is relevant. In this case, it's pages, not sites, sorry. In this case, it's 99,500. Well, basically, what's, what that's saying is, to get in the top 10 of here, you have to be 99,490 other web pages that Google, on some level, thinks is pertinent to this page. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, keep in mind too, Mohawk Valley. What you'll find in here as you go through these results, there's other Mohawk valleys throughout the country. So a lot of times, you don't even know who your competitors are in here because you're searching for you know the mohawk Valley, you know i love and i believe there was one like in michigan or something i forget where it is somebody can tell me but you see multiple ones of them but in this particular case out of the 99,000 some odd pages you're going to see that the number one page number two page number three page downwards uh, that's it on that page for this result i thought i had another one lower than that but Basically, the top three pages out of those 99-some-odd thousand are sites that I own and control content on, which is good. Now, the, the thing is, now this immediately people will say, well, okay, I'm going to take one page and spread it out 20 times on the Internet. No, wrong, 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 that's spamming. These are different pages with different points at different websites. One is an actual car listing. One is a car software that's offered on the site. And the other is a social network, which also has car-related information on it. So you don't want to go spam the search engines and just produce multiple pages. That, that, you know, uh, Same thing with multiple URLs. Um, if you're going to use multiple URLs and point to the same page, Google's not going to like you. And I've actually seen people who got what we call punished in Google. I don't think Google would call it punished so much as they might phrase it more legally tender and say removed, but... Uh, Let's face it, it's punished and I don't know the likelihood of getting back in there But why why take the chance you want to do everything on the up-and-up? Somebody comes at you and says something that sounds like a trick like putting white page white words on a white page So that Google sees them more times Google's going to find out not just because the Google engine is so smart that it tracks this stuff Google has a quality team that comes and checks all this stuff So an actual pair of human eyeballs are going to look at this and they're going to look at those three pages and if they think you're spamming them, they're going to most certainly remove at least two of them. And they're they're probably, I believe the way they phrase it is they adjust the algorithm um, so that, you know, whatever that makes you less pertinent or just remove you altogether. Um, if they're confident that it's you and they see this numerous times, they'll just pull you out of the database. And I don't know, you have to check your website statistics, but... I would guess that your traffic from Google, if you're getting 100,000 views a month, that's probably 70,000 from Google. So you just don't want to mess with this stuff. So anyway, long story short, what we have here is three top pages out of 99,000. In a lot of cases with these results, too, I'm actually beating a lot of the local, way more powerful media for these phrases. That's not saying that this phrase is the most searched for this topic, but it was one that was something that was competitiveness-wise. Especially if you're in a smaller, you know, mid market, when you're in New York City, it's obviously much more difficult because there's just a lot more people, and they're searching for New York City. You have people all over the the world searching for stuff, but it's New York City. So th- this is one of the phrases um, that I've secured in, in the in the past. Also, if you look at, um, if you do another another phrase, if you do a search for "secrets of the search engines," um, you come up to Three, over three and a half million pages that it says are pertinent to these, and the, the top one there is mine right now. And it fluctuates. I say right now because it does fluctuate, but just getting to the top ten on this page is a pretty significant task. So how do we do it? So when, we, so when I went through and I was searching phrases, like I say, you've got certain things that are no-brainers, like your business name, um, things that are easy to score like really niche phrases but what I basically say is I say look plan hope hope for the best but plan for the worst so when you're doing your key phrase strategy let's use the example of real estate if you want to try to use the word, if you want to try to win the phrase real estate I would never say don't try to do it but don't make it the main part of your strategy make it make it real estate combined with geography so real estate in Miami Florida you're more likely to get that than you are just real estate or just Miami, Florida alone. But just the fact that you have the words real estate together in there, the more times you do that and the more content you can put out with the word real estate, especially, again, if it says real estate in Miami, Florida, well, look, you're still putting real, real next to estate. You still have a chance of getting real estate, but the likelihood is slim unless you're putting out. I mean, one example that I use is if you do a search for real estate in Google, which I'm going to do right now, you search for just the word real estate, and you come up with 409 million pages in Google that, that Google says are pertinent. I'll scroll down that list and look at the top one is Realtor.com. I'm going to give you an idea how difficult it would be just to be in the top 10 on this page by showing you. Go scroll down to the very last one on there. See, um, let's, let's see. Uh, so it's New York Times. We'll take. So New York Times, again, you can imagine that's difficult to beat. It's not impossible, but difficult because there's a time factor, too. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take the phrase NewYorkTimes.com, the website address. We're going to go back to a Google search. You're going to type, type the plus sign. There's no, no spaces in here. Plus NY Times. I'm sorry. Plus in the word site. S-I-T-E colon. NYtimes.com, space, then you're going to type plus. Now, in quotes, so plus, quote, real estate, end quote. So what you have is, one more time, you have the plus sign, no spaces unless I say space, plus sign, site, S-I-T-E, colon, NYtimes.com, and then a space, plus, and then in quotes, real estate and then click search. So now what you have is you have everything that is under the domain name nytimes.com and also pertinent to the phrase real estate. You've got 6.13 million pages in nytimes.com that are pertinent to real estate. So what that tells you is to beat to have a chance at beating nytimes.com for the phrase real estate. And of course, this is partly, and we'll talk about this a little bit, this is partly because people who have these listings, they gather these listings, and they populate the database, and the database creates these six million pages. So there's ways to do this. But the thing that, the thing that you, you can't do is, well, let's go more positive. The thing you can do is you have to produce over six million pages that are pertinent with the phrase real estate before you're going to even have an iota of a chance of being listed in the top ten. That's, uh, that's quite a task. Again, I mean, if you have a company that is a real estate company, it would probably be worthwhile investing in some sort of database-driven portal where you can port database information into it, and, and then you have a better chance. And again, this goes to the social networking thing too. If you produce a social network and you get members in your social network and it's pertinent to real estate, which is highly recommended, and it's one that you control, then you control the tags in that. So when somebody types in an article and it says um, a new property is available on the west side of town, you go in there and you realize usually a lot of times people don't tag things. So it says west side town in the tags. Well, in the tags, you go in if you control it, if you have a social network, and you convert those tags over to saying, in quotes, real estate, in quotes, Miami, Florida, in quotes, real estate in Miami, Florida. You you just made yourself a hundred times more likely to get the phrase real estate someday, even if you're in the top 20 with that one. That's traffic. But more, more so on the niche side, the more realistic-looking way to look at it is you get in there with um, the bigger phrase, uh, real estate in Miami, Florida. So what you're doing is what I call that, I call it an alpha matrix. You're building a matrix of sites that you control um, that are still completely pertinent. Google finds it pertinent when you have other people posting in there and Google sees that. Google will give you now, if you add original content to that site that you're also producing, now what you have is you're leveraging yourself as a marketer. You put in articles that are pertinent to real estate. You feed in some articles to RSS feeds which you, RSS feeds and whatnot that you can use legitimately, even through Google, if you use about half of your own original, half original content and half fed-in content, Google will still give you some partial credit for that fed-in content towards your key phrases the important thing is, is that you do have some portals and you, you can't just build multiple websites or build multiple pages there's just no time who's got time for that what you do is you leverage the power of social networking by building your own social network something I call CyberVillage.com. <laughs> I have no stake in that I'm kidding I do <laughs> but that I use, I actually use my own CyberVillage network of social networks to, to do this sort of marketing so when I'm posting an article so I get a double bang for that buck because I post an article in a cyber village. I will frequently link it to things that are pertinent to it. And typically the article I'm writing is pertinent to one of the customers that I'm working on. And so what I'm doing is I'm getting content in a social network that I control um, that I can eventually feed ads into. But more importantly, somebody who's, who's paying me money is also getting pertinent search-optimized links that are pertinent to their key phrase. And then when other people post content, that just doubles and triples, you get getting three and four uh, times the, the impact out of it because you're you're getting content you don't have to write, and not for nothing. Sometimes in the social network, the content's not gonna be that great. Google don't doesn't really care that much about that. Um, Google does look at if you have multiple people posting, you're more likely to get listed in the Google News portal, which is always a good thing too. But if you know if you're if you're Maybe your social network is about real estate. Well, you're going to have a part that's about real estate news, and eventually you're going to have some agents who you know in that geo location that are going to want to participate, and they're going to want to post things and and heck, maybe do a radio show with you. Um, and so what you're doing is you're building out this network around your website. So and it's perfectly legitimate, you know, as long as everything is everything is on the up and up. You don't you don't want to have this shell of a of a network or a website that just has other stuff that's pulled from other people's sites, it's just it'll never work. Google's too smart for that. And if Google's not like you know if Google does if it does sneak through Google, it's only limited time. You're just living on borrowed time. It's never going to work. So that's kind of the concept of building your own matrix around around your own website because it's good to have content in your website too, but it's really more important to have outside content that points into your your website. So it's also always good to have, you know, this is very tricky too because they have, there's people that try to buy and sell page rank and that's highly, highly frowned upon by Google and even in the industry. It's technically a type of spam for search engines. So, but, but, but sharing links and swapping links with people is perfectly, perfectly valid. Um, I don't recommend the automated programs that do link swapping because that's just spamming somebody's form and their own website. What you do as you find other people with a high Google page rank. If you've never seen a Google page rank, go to toolbar.google.com. That toolbar will give you more intelligence about your website and its positioning and the page rank and all that stuff more than you could possibly get on your own. Use Google to tell you what to do next. Google will tell you. Google tells you if you've never been there, if you run a website, go and get the Google Webmaster tool. Get in there, check it out. Google tells you what to do if you do the right thing. If you do everything Google tells you to do and you do what I'm telling you to do, which is to optimize things based on your key phrases, you will notice an increase in traffic. It's a scientific fact. It's no way, no way you can do these couple of things and not increase your traffic. Now, it might only increase it by 1,000 visitors a month, but that builds over time. That 1,000 turns into two or three or and three and five. What happens is the, it's like a, a, you know, it's a big circle. Once Google sees the traffic coming up, Google takes a second look at it. So now you've got that added benefit of the traffic's coming up. Google's going to take another look. Maybe Google comes and visits your site with a spider two times a month instead of one, and maybe your page rank gets upgraded from a four or five to a six or whatever. And it's all a big – it's a network. The whole web is a network. You can build your own little network that points to the main thing that you're trying to accomplish yourself then you're going to have a much better chance of Google recognizing you. But you also don't discount the fact that you have to have original content, not just fed-in content. And you have to have other, other people, you know, because Google will kind of drop an association with some of this stuff, I and mean, not all of it, but, but the point is this is perfectly viable, and if you're doing original content and you point it to your stuff, it, it's kind of recommending to Google that you're pertinent, and it, and it's, it has an impact. But again, it, you can't just take a bunch of stuff and, and copy a bunch of articles. And first of all, you have to have approval to either feed or put other people's content there. One great place for content is easingarticles.com. You just have to make sure that the authors in easing has a pre- credit somewhere in there, and the credit actually is usually built in for you. So you go grab their HTML. So you go get articles that are pertinent to real estate in the in the Miami or Florida in general would probably be easier to get articles for a bigger market than it would just for Miami. But you can take these articles that are pertinent to Florida real estate, put them in your Miami real estate portal, and that gives you some credit. You know, it's it's Florida still, it's Miami. Uh, Miami's clearly in Florida, and Google knows that. So the relevance is really what's most important. Original content, I can't stress enough. Um, Even if you have to pay someone to write original content and you do it once a month, one thing you don't want to do is take a bunch of original content that you have in a database and dump it into your site. Because Google likes to see slow and and steady growth, which slightly increases over time. Google sees a bunch of stuff that gets dumped in there, and then all of a sudden there's nothing there for another month. Google knows what's going on there. So you want to slowly feed the stuff in. I want to remind everybody to please go to lifeandhomes.com. They're our sponsor for this show. And we are, right now, we are no longer streaming, so this is a free-for-all time. (laughs) We were talking about search engine optimization, marketing, and um, original content, plus the fed-in content gives you a little bit more of a bang for your buck. A lot of times, the other original content places you can get are, um, that you can stream in automatically, our blog, uh, uh, blog catalog, go to blogcatalog.com, they have a lot of A lot of blogs in there, and the feeds are all right there. You can grab the feeds right from that website. And if it's a website that's pertinent to yours, why not produce another spot where you can put the content and get some more credit for that content? And, of course, again, you know, the final thing is when you have the content, don't, you know, when you put the content into your site, you have a blog and you take someone's content, like from the magazine articles, and you put it in there. You get to control the tags that are so those are, those are important, and you can't alter their articles, but what you do get is you get the ability to build your tags in your blog around their articles. So if they, if they have, you know, they might not be thinking of, of Miami at all. When they, they, as a matter of fact, it could just be a real estate, just kind of the real estate market in the United States. Well, you can still tag it because it's pertinent because you're in Miami, Florida. Your social network or your alpha matrix that you're building out is in Miami, Florida, so it's perfectly legitimate to put a tag in there that says Miami, Florida. You put it in quotes in the tag part of the blog, and that's going to help get you credit. So you, you got to look at things big picture. Do the research on the key phrases, and you're going to get more more traffic than you otherwise might. Um, I, just, I just wanted to uh, say one last thing, and that's that whatever you do, I can't stress enough if it looks like a trick, it's a trick. If Google thinks you're tricking them, it's not good. So be careful with that. So we're done here for tonight. Anybody still listening, go to lifeandhomes.com, cybervillage.com, join up our social network, and we'll see you again next week.